And I love, I love to listen to you all sing. It is just beautiful. And to be able to, uh, to do that together, there, there's an amount of devotion and an amount of love that, that comes in uh, the, the, the singing. And it marks us as people of God. And, and I love that piece. I, I love what that means and how it sounds. I, I love that we get to do it together. I love the fact that the kind of corporate singing is not something that's done all the time anymore. Yet in church, there's just a beauty to it that makes all the difference in the world. Um, I have a tremendous appreciation for our church. And by church, I don't mean our church body, I mean our church, our individual congregation. There's something very special that God is doing here right now. And I think it's focused on 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 1 to 13. I think there's a love that maybe we experience through the community of people here that is, is really different. And I, something that is, as I was traveling this week, that I found myself very, very excited to get home. And that's typical, right? I love living in Southern California. I love y'all. I, I, love, I, I love where I live. I love mountain biking. I, I love our weather, having spent a week in Tampa. <laughs> if, 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 I don't know. I don't want to speak too crazy about Florida, but if hell is anything like it's supposed to be, it's <laughs> with the heat of the fire and brimstone, there's probably an awful lot of humidity that goes with it. But, but I found myself with this kind of longing uh, to, to, to be here this morning. And uh, while my sermon is crafted and put together, a lot of what I, a lot of what I have to preach this morning is, is, is from the heart. And uh, really grateful for this time in our church. It's a time of, of rethinking, of redrawing. I've got sticky notes on the table in my office for the last two months trying to figure out what's the best way that we can win more people for Jesus Christ What's the best way that we can share the love of Christ in our community and with whom and to whom and by whom? I've, I, I had to laugh when I brought up my uh, computer to connect to the Apple TV here in the sanctuary. All of the other rooms on this side of the campus popped up because of the initiative we're working on in our school to make sure that we can proclaim Christ to students in a way that students connect to and understand. So I'm preaching this morning not just about love, but preaching this morning with a lot of love. And it begins to dawn on me how important it is for me to love you. And not just to say, oh, I love you, I love you, but to hold that love in my heart for you. So that when you come to worship and you engage in the community that is St. John's Orange, that that love becomes very personal. And that you go away from, say, a Sunday morning or a Bible study or a life group and you say, I am loved. Because I don't think that's the way the world, the world, the world works. Let's take a little review. I want to find out how the preacher did last week. So uh, it just, let's just work together on a little quiz. Uh, you don't, you know, you, you don't live or die by it. But man, it looks awful small without my glasses up there. I'll help you with it. Love is A, really nice, like a Hallmark card, B, primarily a marvelous surge of heartfelt emotion, C, the most excellent way, or D, pretty nice thing to have when you can find it. C, love is the most excellent way. Now you've worked your way through the multiple guess part of the one, let's do a little true and false. 
True or false? Pope John Paul wrote the book of 1 Corinthians. False. True or false? The Corinthians wrote the book of 1 Corinthians. Yeah, smart church. True or false? St. Paul from Tarsus wrote the books of 1 and 2 Corinthians. True. Very good. Look at it. You're four out of four. And here we go for five out of five. True or false? It really doesn't matter who wrote it because it's in the Bible. False. It really does matter who wrote it. The greatest erosion in our culture right now is the erosion away from the authority of Scripture. St. Paul of Tarsus wrote 1st and 2nd Corinthians. And when you go back and look, when you look at the historical accuracy, when you look at the grammar, when you look at the way it fits into the gospel message of Jesus Christ, there is no question that St. Paul wrote it and that what he wrote has authority, had authority then and has authority now. And I want to plant that in your head as we're going forward, that the authority with which Scripture speaks is godly. People wrote the books of Scripture as moved by the Holy Spirit. It does matter who wrote it. It does matter to whom. It does matter the message because the message is authoritative for our faith and for our life. And when we concede that point, we might as well just become a country club because without the authority of Scripture, I can't stand up and say this is from the Lord. Fascinating to think about. A little bit more here. In our text of 1 Corinthians 13, love is primarily A, a noun, B, a verb, C, an adjective, D, it doesn't matter, E, don't be such a grammar nerd and just love people. <laughs> it is a verb, B, a verb. Now for the fill-in-the-blank portion of our service today. Let's work on this. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have <laughs> good I am only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have faith that can move but do not have I am if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have I gain love is Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Rude? Proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Always persevere. Love never fails. And so we've been using this as kind of the mathematics portion of our, uh, of our uh, summer sermon series. Uh, for, for my engineers and my accountants out there, everything minus love equals nothing. If I'm generous, if I'm uh, self-sacrificing, if I have all the brilliance in the world... But if there's no love, I'm nothing. Everything minus love equals nothing. And so we look at those, those always parts of this today. Um, always. The one repetitive word in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 6 and 7 is always. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always 
perseveres. There's a durative nature of love. Love doesn't give up, doesn't quit. Doesn't quit on people, it doesn't quit on self, it doesn't quit on God. Love has pieces of it that always, always persevere. Love doesn't fail. And that piece of always is really hard for me. I was a child born still in sentence diagramming and understanding how language works, that when you say always, that has a certain specific meaning to it. Always means at all times, invariably, as in always smiling. Or two, the idea of always is forever. I will love you always. Or three, at any rate, in any event, you can always try again if it doesn't work this time. Always. Whenever I write always in a letter or a note or a, something of a, of a directive or a proposal, I always kind of the hair on the back of my neck goes up because I'm not an always kind of guy. I'm kind of an ADD guy. I'm kind of a bouncing from lily pad to lily pad kind of guy. You never know where I'm going to go because always is a hard part of my vocabulary. I'm always going to be heavy, I said to myself a year and a half ago. I'm never going to be able to take care of myself. I was wrong. I'm always going to be consistent and I'm always going to get going with us and such. And I'm always going to... And then two weeks later, it just doesn't work out. I'm not an always type guy. Because human beings aren't always type people. And that's really hard. Especially when we engage with people and we say things like, I will always love you. And then you go through life and you work it out and this happens and that happens and there's this offense that's given. And people hold on to that offense. And they say, you remember that time with that thing and that deal where you said that thing? That really hurt me. And I'm never going to let it go. I'm never going to forget it. I'm always going to hold on to that. And every time you look that person in the eyes, it's like you're reminded of that sin, of that transgression, of that thing that you said. And you'd love to go and get it and take it back and say, I love you. And they go, really, if you love me, you wouldn't have said that. And you look at them and you say, if you love me, you would let it go. So we are sometimes people living in an always kind of promise here from Jesus. And that's where the rub of love comes in. Scripture tells us above all, love one another because love covers over a multitude of sins. Because it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And so to love people means to bear with them through those times where we don't always show in our words and actions what is always in our heart. And the problem is that the maybes of that create relationships that are unstable. Maybe some grew up in a home like that where every time you came home from school, you didn't know what in the world was going to happen. You walk into the house and you say, you got to be kidding me, this is insane. I left this morning and everything was fine and I come back and it's all broken loose. Now what? I love the story of the family that said, instead of having conflict, everyone just goes into their room. We put a TV with a computer and everyone just kind of goes into their room. We have a five-bedroom house, we have five people, everyone goes into their room. Always? Yeah, pretty much, always. It keeps the fighting down. 
I remember having come into a particularly hot elders meeting at St. John's. I was sharing with my elders what was going on. This was years ago. And I said, I'm having a, a, an argument with the person who's close to me in my family. And a gentleman put his arm around me after the meeting with tears streaming down my face. He said, Pastor, I wish in my family we loved one another deeply enough to have conflict. Because nobody really cares. You see, when you talk about love and loving people, you talk about bearing with people when it's really hard. And of holding so tightly to them in an unconditional manner that even when they say or we say, they do, we do something painful, that we love each other through those painful moments. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Never. And we're called to be always people in a sometimes world. And people like me who are frogs jumping from lily pad to lily pad, words like always and never are really hard for me. And yet our God is an always God. Our God always loves you. Always. Scripture tells us that God is love. And then he calls us in that love to love one another. And I, I love that peace of, of God. God is an always God. God always wakes up in the morning and loves you. God always, when he thinks about you, regards you in love. God does not wake up one day and say, you know what? Today's your day off for being loved. I'm going to put it on you today and see and test your love. It just doesn't work that way. Every promise that God makes about love is an always promise. And so his love for you always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. There's not a day which God's love fails you and sometimes it feels like it does but we come back to the word and the promise of God because the scripture from which we take that word is authoritative I don't think that this was given under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit I am convicted that this was given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and that as surely as the people of Corinth needed it in the first century you and me need this word of God being an always God for us today because God's love has persevered for you and me when we have offended another person the first place we go is to God and God doesn't reach out in hatred and say now I'm gonna slap you around a little bit make you feel guilty make you feel ashamed and then maybe I'll graciously love you no the sign of God's love for us is the cross of Jesus Christ and the first place we go with those angry feelings with those slights, with those comments, the first place we go is to the cross. And God in Christ demonstrated love for us in that we will, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While I was still being offensive and rude and proud and self-seeking, God loved me with a love that perseveres with the love that hopes for a better future, that trusts God's presence in my life now, and that never, ever fails. Our God is an always God. And His love for you sealed at the cross of Jesus Christ is an always kind of gift, a 
of his heart to yours. Love never fails. And what that provides is a measure of predictability. We know that when we come in here, it's somewhat predictable. You know that you're going to get a loving message. You know that you're in a loving community. Even though you might not get the donut you want after church, there, there, there are some pieces of this being a Christian that are predictable. And one of them is the love of God demonstrated in the community of the church. Now, it doesn't mean that the church is always perfect because the church is comprised of people who aren't perfect. But the love of God in this place allows imperfect people to live in a loving community. And so I hope that it's predictable. Sometimes things blow through my mind and, 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 and I back off from saying them because I love the person I'm addressing. Sometimes people, and, and, and I put that little grammar Nazi in there and there because it just drives me insane. When people come up to me and go, well, you know, Pastor, that should have been a colon instead of a semicolon on your quiz today. And properly understood. Ah! And I want to just pound that person. Like, well, really? I, I'm glad that you could correct my punctuation. Did you translate 1 Corinthians 13 from Greek into English every week for the last four weeks? Oh, uh, well, then shut up. You know what I mean? So why don't I say that? Why don't I tee off? Because you love that person. And sometimes in the realm of relationships, when we always love people, there are hard things that need to be said. Like when my dear wife looks at me and unspokenly says, Tim, that's enough. But see, there's a durative nature to our love. I've known my wife 36 years. The first maybe 10 or 12 of those years, she'd look at me and she'd look at me and she'd pat me on the knee and then she'd say, you need to be quiet now. And now all she needs to do is go. <laughs> because love never fails. And there's a durative nature to love that those of us who have loved and been loved for a long time, that we can. Because in the maybes of life, love is an always promise. It's why we're patient with those in our family who struggle. And we offer time after time after time after time. Grace, kindness, patiently waiting for maybe them to turn or return to receive the love of a mom or a dad, a brother or a sister because love never fails. And so there's some predictability about our relationships. Certainly when you come in here, but even more in your homes and families, in your friendships. We live in a world that changes so rapidly that having a little bit of predictability is a beautiful thing. And so Paul gives us here that predictability. He says love always protects he said it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. So when we're doing family and we're doing life together, 
when we have an unpredictability in our homes and families, it creates an insecurity in the hearts and lives of those whom we love and those with whom we live. That's really hard. I think of a family where the, the father was a ridiculous alcoholic during the daughter's time in high school. And every time, at every event, the father was unpredictable. One moment kind and kind of glowing over himself and another screaming and yelling, having to be escorted from the gym at St. John's because he couldn't keep his mouth shut at his son's basketball game. And then reaming the son out in the car, providing an unpredictable thing and creating this unpredictability in the soul of his boy. What a painful piece it is to live in an unpredictable relationship, feeling unprotected, never understanding what it is to be able to trust those who love you and are authority over you. Maybe having the only hope that you have to get the heck out of that house and just trying to persevere for the first moment you can you can blow out. Love always, always protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres. And when we bring that love into our families and families become predictable, there's this marvelous coming together that allows us in days illustrated here of, 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 of smiles on faces and joy and happiness and all of those things. There's, there, there, there's something beautiful in that that, that, that that allows that trust and perseverance and all that stuff to grow. But even more in the painful times, when we bear with one another, the predictability provides emotional and heartfelt support so that when a child or a grandchild comes home, they can say, that's kind of cool, I'm home. I'm loved, it's safe. And in their soul grows this marvelous piece of consistency and security because they're protected. They're engaged in a way that lets them know when they put their head on the pillow and their eyes go to sleep that it's going to be okay. The durative, always nature of love in an unpredictable world is a marvelous gift of God to you and me. Love is patient. Love is kind. There's lots of stuff that Pastor preached about last week that it don't do. But there's stuff that love always does. And in that, it reminds us that we are deeply and dearly loved of God. And that we bring that love into our relationships, homes and families, grandmas and grandpas, moms and dads. As those systems are created, they're not created by perfect people to match the perfection, but they're created by God so that people have security and constancy in their lives. The durative, always nature of love 
dials you into the word and promise of God and makes you a very stable and secure person in a very unpredictable world. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so deeply and so powerfully. We've done so much and said so much. And for me, Lord, at the, just the, 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 the brain, the synapse is just too far apart to sometimes stop a, an errant comment or forget something that should be said or done. And, and yet you love, and your love never fails. So bless us in those times of failure, Lord, where it's like an out-of-body experience and we wonder who that person is saying those things and remind us of your love in Jesus, a love that releases us from the guilt of those sins and provides a, a unity with you that is shared in the community of family and church and friendships. Bless those who, who know that, Lord, not, not just know it in their head, with, but, but know that in their heart and, and hold to that because they've been through so much with so many people that the only possible way that peace happens is love. Grant those who are in that broken place too this morning, Lord, a, a sense of your love, connectedness to the body of Christ, connectedness to your perfect love. Help us put our eyes on the cross first and then lay our eyes on one another and grant us from your love that marvelous sense of peace. Thanks for an opportunity to be together today to exercise and experience your love. You always visit us here with your word and spirit. You always enfold us in the arms of your love. You always persevere in your great love for us. So as our service moves from a focus to the word to the focus to the sacrament, grant us also a little taste of your love this morning and inclusion into that loving body of Christ. This we ask in the name of Jesus.